Play the fucking intro. This is Dustin. And this is Eric. And this is SOC Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 256. We do have an interview with a couple members of the band Midwich Cuckoos. So we will be getting oh, to that. I want to throw that out there right out the gate. Even though I think I include all the bands and the interviews and everything in the descriptions of everything. So you probably already know what we're getting into. But yeah. nonetheless, <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. Uh, we will get to that here shortly, and then we will also be playing a lot of other fantastic music, as we do, uh, just to try to keep that episode, uh, you know, time down. We're going to get right into it, so I'm going to jump into some new tracks that have been released, albums, releases, so forth, up to the ones that are coming in the near future. I'm going to speed through the list because, man, this list looks like a long one. So, quickly, uh, we're going to start on March 12th, Crash. Crash Induction release Second Coming. We will be playing something from that in the not-too-distant future. On the 12th, Don't Trust Anybody. DTA, they released Taking Big Leaps Over Small Minds. Uh, the 13th, Shamrocks released a new track called Go On Home Russian Soldiers. Uh, that was a single. It's a support the Ukrainian army at defendukraine.org forward slash donate. Uh, you can go check that out. Check out the track. Check out that website. Uh, also, the next day on the 14th, Jars from Russia, they released Zabavi, which is a single and all money from that track and all other releases on Jars Bandcamp through the month of March, I believe, will proceed, or yeah, the, all the proceeds will go to their friends in Ukraine. On the 14th, Upper Downer released Responsibility Single. Mr. Irish Bastard released McGregor Irish Hooligan, which is a single. On the 15th, Chemicide released Common Sense. Dropkick Murphys released We Shall Overcome, which is a single. They uh, turn up the dial. They released a new version of it that includes that track and like a couple others. So it's like an extended version of that album. Uh, on the 15th, One Sided released One Sided and the Parasitics Take the Streets split over on Pogo City Records. On the 16th, Manic and Spy released a split on Triple B Records. On the 17th, Paranoid Visions released Halo of Phlegm, The Vinyl Countdown Part 4, Refreshed Exposures. You can find that on rotaryvinyl.com. The Hashi released Gotta Get You Back, which is a single on the 17th. Charger released War Horse, which, man, that is a war horse of an album. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. War Horse. That's war over. Head. Right? <laughs> That's on Pirates Press. That came out the 18th. Also, uh, there's a handful of releases on the 18th, which include Erupt. They released Left to Rot, an EP on Static Shock Records. Tramp released Jailbait and All I Want EP. I think that's two-track EP over on Wanda Records. Scoundrels released Oh No, Not Again. The Decline released Kenneth, which was a single on P Records. Lasso released Amuo, A-M-U-O, in case I'm mispronouncing that, which is an EP on Static Shock Records. The Real Mackenzies released another new album, Float Me Boat. The other one came out in 2020. It seemed like it was just last year, but I guess it was 2020. And Float Me Boat had a shit ton of tracks on it. it uh, I have it pulled up here. 23 tracks on Float Me Boat, and there's like two of them that are under two minutes. So it's not like some of those albums you see and you know you got like 30-second tracks and shit like that. And then it's 23 tracks. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm just, 
I'm putting it out there that mm-hmm. 23 tracks, and I mean that's probably getting close to an hour or more or something, man. So sometimes, yeah. <laughs> the real Mackenzie's float me boat. Uh, Buster Shuffle released a new one called Go Steady. Cold Brats and Packed P A K T released a split EP. Pure Heel released a new single called Rockin' in the Free World on Irish Booty Records. That's a Neil Young cover. Mm. Das Kapitans. And also, by extension, a Pearl Jam cover. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, das Kapitans released uh, a song called No War. It's a single. They're going to raise money or raise some essential money for the Polish charities who are working day and night to support refugees fleeing the illegal war in Ukraine. So... Go over to Horn and Hoof Records. You can find that track, No War. Das Kapitans. It also features Szynski, Dipol Dupa, Scott Bradley, Fizz Wallace, and 2137 Project. I'm sure I mispronounced some of those. I apologize. Uh, last one on the 18th, Pergen. They released Cyber... Cyberrealism? Cyberrealism. I don't know. Is that a word? Cyberrealism? I copied and pasted, and there's no E to make it real. So, Ral, Cyberalism? Cyberalism? Cyberalism. There you go. We're going to go with that. It's an EP. <laughs> Cyberal palsy? <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. It's heavy. Uh, go check it out. The Rats released Found Dead EP on the 20th. Beton released Key of Calling, which is a single. We'll talk more about that here shortly. Ada Records released a new compilation called Virginia is for Vampires. All proceeds from this release uh, benefit a new horror movie that will be coming out titled Virginia Bitches. And it's <laughs> put out by Eight Up Records. Eight Up Records always doing great stuff to raise money. And I think that's super cool that a compilation is raising money for a movie. So uh, get out there, support A lot of cool bands on that one. A lot of bands you're going to know. Doyle was on there, and there's so many other ones. I don't have the list in front of me, so I don't want to screw it up. But just go check it out on Eight Up Records. On the 21st, Simple Reasons added a, another track to their No Way Home. So it's a No Way Home and I Don't Know. It's on Little Willie Records. Vax, VA Triple X, released One of These Ways, which is a single on the 22nd. Desborde released Todo Es Una Mierda, which is an EP on the 22nd. The Venomous Pinks will be releasing No Rules, which is a single. They'd have an album, Vita Moors, which will be coming out on... SBAM Records, and that single came out or will be coming out on the 24th. Gridiron is releasing No Good at Goodbyes on the 25th, along with Split Your Guts releasing The Wrath It Takes, The Anomalies releasing Glitch, Ignite releasing Self Titled Ignite, Neutrals releasing Bus Stop Nights EP on Static Shock Records, Scarhead releasing Generators of Violence EP. Uh, Cop Drama is releasing a new single called Carry On. They're from here in Salt Lake City. That's on the 25th. Suede Razors releasing No Mess, No Fuss, Just Rock and Roll EP on the 25th. Live by the Sword releasing a new single called The Glorious Dead. They will have a new release coming out soon. I believe Doc Rotten has hard copies of a release that they just released, but I don't have any dates or the specific name yet. Savage Beat, I think released recently Three Chord Disciple. They just barely released it on their band camp. I hadn't seen it previous, but they have like the original release date for a few months ago. So I am unsure when that is specifically released. And then a few releases that'll be coming out on April 1st, April Fools. Hopefully they're not lying to you and fucking with you. But 
Claymore is releasing Crime Pays on Crossbar Records. Pup is releasing the unraveling of the of Pup the Band. There we go. The unraveling of Pup the Band. Uh, <laughs> Reminders is releasing Best of Beach Punk on Wiretap Records. Suzy Moon is releasing Animal EP. Even though if you order it right now or I ordered mine like a week or so ago. Check it out. Well, Eric's man. looking at my copy yep. right now of it. And the signed sleeve as well. Yes. But she's looking very uh, Brody Dally in that picture. Yes. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. So, And it's a neon green vinyl that, uh, that it came out with. So go over to Pirates Press and it'll officially, officially be released on the 1st. Devin K and the Solutions releasing Grieving Expectations. Sir Reg is releasing the album Kings of Sweet Feckall. Skin Flicks are releasing Fuck the Punk Police. Whole Hog is releasing Dystopian Reality. And finally, Sergeant Skag releasing Spotless and Sponsored, which is a single that just came into my inbox today, so we might have to bump that up and play that on the episode next week. Uh, as I just found out about it yesterday, and guess what? It popped into my uh, mailbox today. haven't even had a chance to listen to it. So, <laughs> Eric, that list was long. What do you have to add to it? I don't really have much else to add to it, <clears throat> but I will say that that uh, DTA EP that just came out last week, or no, 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 two weeks ago, oh, man, it is good. Awesome. It is good. I will be... Uh, I will be doing some promotion on that next week with a uh, what I consider to be my favorite song. Actually, that is what I consider it to be, <laughs> my favorite song. That's why it's my favorite, because I consider it. Yes. <clears throat> and that is conclusive. <laughs> oh, God. But speaking of local bands releasing new music, my pick for uh, this week is from The Amazing Violent Unrest and their latest single, Can't Break Me. I just saw Violent Unrest perform last week, and like I said, they are just uh, they are just bombastic live. They really kill it. And Paige, she is just a phenomenal front woman. She has really come into her own the past uh, uh, the past couple of years, really. I mean, they weren't really uh, performing much in 2020, but they were writing, they were doing their thing, they were right. getting it out there, and then boom, they're here now, and they are ripping. Awesome. <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, Can't Break Me, it's, uh, in my opinion, probably the full realization of Violent Unrest. The first couple of EPs, yes, they were good, but you can still tell they were finding their footing. You can still hear a little bit of the uh, kind of reserved oi beats in there. It's like, yes, we know them as, uh, uh, not, yes, Press Gang Union. Yes. <laughs> I almost got them confused with another uh, oi band. From, that are not really oi, they're more ska. Uh, they're kind of both. I'm thinking of Jail City Rockers. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they have more in common with the special. The Press Gang Union has more in common with Coxbar, and Violent Unrest now has more in common with Agnostic Front. <laughs> awesome. And that is what I'm hearing with their uh, single Can't Break Me. It's, it's just them fully realized. They are hardcore as fuck with some oi background. So here we are, Violent Unrest.
like I said, they're really coming into their own. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited for Violin and Breast. I'm stoked they're still going as a band. I'm stoked that they are still recording music. I I'm just stoked for them. <laughs> I'm I'm excited every time I'm seeing them performing. Awesome. Yep. And they will be performing pretty soon, but we'll get to that when we get to the uh, upcoming shows. <laughs> we got a lot of music to get to before we get to that. Plus, after all of that, interview with Midwich Cuckoos still on the way. Music from them uh, on its way as well. A couple more new tracks. Like I said on last episode, I got a huge stack of stuff to get to. So I'm just going to be plugging it in as often as I can on all these episodes. Because I want to get to it. I want to play it. I want other people to hear it. The, on our show. So, the next band that we're going to play is from France. The band is Less. So, it's like forward slash, forward slash, Less. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the album they released just came out January 14th. It's called Useless. And they are a French noise punk band that started in 2018. It's made up of three people. Uh, Romain, Jeremy, and Benoit. And the track that we're going to check out from that band is Nervous Breakdown. I want to thank the band for reaching out to us. All the bands that I'm, like I said, majority of the bands anyway that I'll be playing on most of the shows. Obviously not the new metal pick at the end. I don't have new metal bands <laughs> from 20 years ago reaching out to me saying, hey, I understand you used to listen to us, so play us, please. That's not happening. <laughs> but all the other tracks, uh, I've got so much to get to. I'm going to be trying to plug them all in all my slots as, you know, as often as I can. So... Thank you to the band Less. I don't know if I'm supposed to, it doesn't sound right to say forward slash forward slash less. So I'm just going to say less. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Would have been would have been better if it was dot com at the end. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So let's check out a track. Here is some French noise punk. The track is called Nervous Breakdown. It sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs>
That's less. That is less. <laughs> okay. Yes, the title may have reminded me of a certain song from a certain band from a certain time, maybe 40 years ago. <laughs> But the music reminded me of something else. Kind of right. reminded me of it. Reminded me of the later portion of uh, "Show Me the Bodies" catalog. Okay, it's still got that very uh, gutter feel to it, you know, and it's still got that. Uh, yeah, it still has that over kind of industrial feel to it as well, right. which is uh, not dissimilar to that of Slaves or Idols. But "Show Me the Body" kind of takes that idea and just like grinds it down <laughs> into the sewer, pretty much. <laughs> That's what I feel Les is doing right here, and. Yeah, I know how I know how this is gonna sound, but you, I bet you didn't really expect music like this to come out of France. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, they gave us Lion's Law, right? So, uh, yeah, enough said on that front. Less awesome oh, band. Man. Go check out that album. Useless came out in January. That track again, Nervous Breakdown. Go check out the rest. Next band we're going to Don't forget the forward slashes. Yes, the two forward slashes. If you want to find the correct band, it's two forward slashes. And then less. Antistasi is the name of the next band that we are playing. They're from Leicester in the UK. And I want to thank Mike for first sharing the band's music with us. But second, for teaching me how to pronounce Leicester, which is L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. Are. I'm sure I pronounced it in some other goofy fashion uh, <laughs> on previous episodes because this is not the first band we've played from Lester, but uh, he put it, kind of spelled it out phonetically for me so I could therefore pronounce it correctly here on the show. So, all right. Uh, thank you, Mike. Thank you for reaching out. Uh, Antistasi, they are, they take influences from New York Hardcore, Boston Hardcore, UK 82. So that's about what you're going to hear. Uh, they released Smells Like MEF. Olated Spirit, which came out December 27th, 2021. Oh, uh, but what is the MEF? <laughs> I will tell you, because fortunately, again, uh, something that arrived in my mailbox today, actually one hour ago approximately, well, it's about two hours ago, but Mike actually reached out today to include some information, which is pretty awesome. So I'm going to share it. There's two tracks, Wolf and Clown Clothing, which we're not playing. You can go check that out. But if you do, it's about the way in which more and more leaders frame themselves as utterly daft and therefore harmless idiots, but they take us all for everything. Are they really so stupid as they seem? We want to think that they're stupid, but they got there somehow. So yes, I definitely agree with you. But you can go check out Wolf and Clown Clothing. Uh, that's the other track on the release. The release also includes What Will Tomorrow Bring, which is what you're going to hear here in a moment. That's two different hears there. Uh, it, it is about struggles with mental health. It is about going to bed thinking, if yesterday was unbearable and today is worse, what will tomorrow bring? So that's what we are going to hear here in just a moment. Now, the band's name, Antistasi, is Greek, and it's Greek for resistance. The EP is named Smells Like Emiefolated Spirit. And to answer your question, I've got the answer here. All right. Uh, that name came from the place that was recorded. There's a local place called the MEF House, named for the initials of the three people that live there. Uh, he spelled the rest of the word wrong to see if anyone else says anything, and nobody has, including myself. I wasn't exactly sure what it meant. So that's where the MEF comes from. Do uh. you understand the rest? Because uh, I don't. 
Uh, not really. I was just uh, rolling in my head what the possibilities that I think it could stand for, and all I could think was many elves fucking. <laughs> uh, not quite, but there you go. That that was a good guess you ventured. I, I get that the smells like spirit part, right, comes <laughs> from Nirvana. Yeah. But the M-E-F-O-L-A-T-E-D, uh, what is olated? Olated. Methylated. Methylated. Uh, I just feel like it's that... Uh, Okay, yeah, so that, I've been doing it as an that acronym. suffix on there where it's like, you think of something as percolated. Gotcha. So, and methylated as like, yep, this this just is as a result of being meffed. <laughs> so it's methylated. I like it. I like that you were here to explain it because I was definitely missing out on that. Yep. <laughs> unlike, uh, unlike most uh, UK artists, I am well-versed with my grammar. Yeah, that's funny. Yep, my grammar is the very best. (laughs) Antistasi, let's play a track. What will tomorrow bring? Here we go. of what will tomorrow bring what will tomorrow bring it sounds like more thrash and more hardcore because that's all i'm hearing from this (laughs) (laughs) do you get the influences or that they listen to a lot of uh new york hardcore boston hardcore out of that oh yeah i definitely i definitely get the references in that one (laughs) specifically the new york hardcore that was the they were kind of holding the uh, threshold for east coast thrash i mean that's where SOD came from. Right. That's where nuclear assault came from. The crumb suckers. And Chromags, man. <laughs> and what does Boston have? Oh, we got a bunch of rowdy skinheads. <laughs> nice. Well, check it out. Antistasi, that was what will tomorrow bring. They're from Leicester in the UK. Eric, let's get on to some some other stuff here. So Ooh, yes. Uh this band. Newer new track, right? 
Yes. Okay. It is a it is a much 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 new track. Like I said, my grammar's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very new track, and that it just came out a couple days ago on the twentieth of March, and it's from this uh, band who are, who hail from none other than Ukraine. Yep, this is a band called. Uh, oh shit. This is a band called Beton. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, whatever. They've been a band since the uh, mid aughts, and they've been they've been going pretty strong. <clears throat> the guys, the guys themselves, they actually have very they have well paying careers, very prominent, and one being an architect, another being an orthopedist, and another just being a businessman. Wow. So, yep, the music is kind of a I guess part time thing for them. But <laughs> that being said, they. Their music is uh, kind of hard to locate. There is a there yeah. is a band called Beton that is completely different. They are just like a uh, kind of a discharge worship band. Very D-beat, very hardcore. Gotcha. I think that I was confusing some of this information with that. Yeah. So, so yeah, not to say that the uh, other Beton is bad. They're actually really good. But this specific one is what I wanted to talk about. And their music themselves is uh, very old school Mid two thousands punk rock. You think of the stuff like uh, the Oi worship or the street punk worship. Not necessarily street punk, but the punk that comes from the streets. We'll say that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, and they've been they've been making a name for themselves. You can find them on their YouTube channel. That's where I found them. That's where I've been listening to some of their music. Got a lot of good stuff. But the song that I'm going to be talking about today is the recently released Kiev Colin. And it is a cover of London Calling. But they changed up the lyrics. And, I mean, obviously the title is different. But they changed up the lyrics to match the surroundings of which Ukraine is going through. And that's what London Calling was. It was uh, just calling out all the militant strategies that London was using back in the uh, back in the 70s. Right. And prior to that. So, and they actually did an interview with... Uh, uh, on Reuters that I'm looking at right here, and they have this, there is this quote that their singer, um, I don't know if I'm going to be pronouncing this right, Andre Zolob. Okay. Zolob, yeah. Uh, he says, many Ukrainian musicians are now on battlefields or in territorial defense. This time, they've changed guitars to guns. We hope this song shows Ukrainian spirit and our defiance to Russian aggression. So... Yep, the the grounds on which this song stands are in, you know, straightforward rebellion, not just towards uh not just rebellion saying I hate the government. I'm just like the government is literally trying to kill me. I am trying to defend myself. So that's really what it comes down to. And and yeah, Beton, they managed to uh, really encapsulate that in their lyrics and I also suggest checking out the uh, music video that they did with that. It's inclusive of a lot of uh, uh, video clips of of the battles in the streets going on in Kiev and other parts of Ukraine. It just, it really hits home. So, yeah, with that being said, here is Kiev Colin from Beton.
Yeah, there's a lot of uh, heavy lyrics in there. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I love what they do in the uh, in the chorus. You know, instead of uh, live by the river, it's uh, we live for resistance or we live by resistance. Right. Yeah, just a simple quote and it says so much. And I also love the little quip that they said, they were saying, the Iron Age is coming and the curtain's coming down. I'm like, oh, you mean the Iron Curtain, which was put up by the Soviet Union uh, end of World War II and into the Cold War. And that was just to divide this, the USSR from the rest of Europe, just to kind of like, just to kind of like pop the collar and say, we're going to live independently. So that for them to say like the curtain's coming down, it's like, oh, shit. Yep, because that's what Putin has been saying. He really, even if he's not outright with it, it's like, we know you really want the union to rise again. KGBs, man, they are fucking insane. <laughs> well, Putin's insane. He's a dumbass. Right. Yeah, yeah, but. Most world leaders are. Mm-hmm. On that note, there is, uh, there is some, uh. There is still activism going on uh, in and out of Ukraine. Uh, one one such individual I've been uh, speaking with is actually getting a compilation together for with hardcore and punk rock bands, and my band's going to be on it. Awesome. And it's going to be a benefit compilation, and all proceeds of which will be going to uh, the communities in Ukraine that are helping out uh, to grant asylum for refugees. Cool. So that's going to be amazing. That's going to be you know, anything that you can do to help, man. It's a shit show over there. Right. I'm wearing my shirt. We have, yep. Eric and I both have shirts from Cardinal Birds. Uh, they're raising money. We were talking about that last week, and I'm wearing mine this week. It's got the Ukraine colors, Ukraine shield, and mm-hmm. Cardinal Birds uh, with the Ukraine colors, the blue and the, the yellow, and it's a great shirt. There's a lot of different ways that we can get out and, and support, too. Just donate money. I mean, I gave you some uh, links to go to that mm-hmm. you can just flat out donate money to. But there's a lot of things like compilations, shirts, and so forth yeah. that people are, are doing to also raise money. And do your uh, do your research on that one as well because, you know, when in times of tragedy, uh, yes, people do yeah. raise their – People do come out and say that they're going to be uh, donating, and a lot of them do. But there's always going to be some sleazy scumbag motherfuckers who are just going to be, like, taking most of the shares or putting it back into something that is aiding the aiding the assault. Right. Yeah. It's, people are just going in for either for themselves or for ulterior motives. Well, pay attention. The ones mm-hmm. that I just said are from Ukrainian bands. Cardinal Birds are a band mm-hmm. from... Ukraine, so I was good with buying their shirts and uh, passing on links and stuff like that from that band. So yes, yes. Eric's right. Definitely pay attention to yeah, pay attention. where your money's going. <laughs> yep. Don't just. It's like those little phishing emails saying that you got to change your password or there was a, you know, there was an Amazon order that you made for seven hundred dollars. You know, yeah. if you did this, click on this link. You know, stuff like that. Right. If it seems fishy, then ignore it. Or investigate it. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. Investigate it. All right. Well, we'll play one more band before we talk about some live shows. We're going to play Spike Polite and Sewage. We played a track from them back on episode 244, so about 12 episodes ago, which was the last episode of 2021. Uh, that release, that was newer than the release came out October 10th of 2021. Uh, Pandemonium is the name. It's an EP. It has six tracks. 
the band Spike Polite and Sewage uh, actively doing shows, stuff like that. They are from New York, New York. Uh, the track we played was the title track, Pandemonium, back on episode 244. We're going to play Police Brutality on this one, but that... Uh, that EP has six tracks, one of which is live Department of Corrections, DOC is what it uh, says. It's a live track. And then Out of the Way, Antichrist, Wrench Strike, Police Brutality, we're going to play here in a moment. Pandemonium, you can kind of tell, you know, a, a lot of the tracks are, are talking about probably life in uh, a big city, an inner city, a urban area, you know, those, those kind of things. The you know you're gonna hear police brutality here in a moment, but wrench strike, antichrist talking about uh, terrible elected officials, namely one, and you can listen to it, figure that out on your own. Uh, out of the way, great tracks, cool bands, just a uh, really good street punk, thrash, uh, good stuff that they do have. Like I said, shows so uh, be on the lookout for shows. Great thing about New York is it's huge, lots of venues so you're going to be able to you know get out and see a lot of shows a lot of bands we play out of new york all actively doing shows and everything's so close proximity there and on the east coast especially the northeast that they can travel to a town near you there and not have to travel too far yeah (laughs) (laughs) weekenders for sure or something means a little something different there than it does uh when you're out in uh, the midwest like we are Uh no, we're not the Midwest. We're, we're the Western Midwest. We're the Western. We're the Western Rockies. <laughs> yes, we're we're on the west side of the Rockies, so we definitely are have a, a partition between us and the Midwest. But we're still so far from the West Coast, so it's hard to say mm-hmm. that we're the West Coast because we're not on the West Coast, and we're west of the Midwest. We're kind of in between. Whatever's in between the Midwest and the West Coast, we're there. And you said Western Rockies. There you go. Yep. I mean, what we. Yeah, what we have that the Midwest doesn't is mountains. Yes. We don't have corn. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of mountains. All right, let's get into that track. We are going to uh, play uh, this track. Go check out the rest. You know, like I said, this is the second track that we'll be playing from Pandemonium. Uh, it's cool EP. You can go over to uh, spikesewage.bandcamp.com. To check out the rest, hear the rest if you haven't already after you listened to uh, episode 244. You could have went then, but in case you didn't, I'm going to give you a second reason to go check it out. Here is Police Brutality from Spike Polite and Sewage, a.k.a. Sewage NYC. Ronnie sat across the park, Pan Island. In the coffee cup, he walked his way up to a funny fan rolled up, racial profiling, threw rally on a wall, beat him up badly, thought no one was looking. The concert music got quiet, the crowd turned around and someone shouted, ah! Kill. You are me! 
of that siren sound in that track oh yeah and especially how it's uh, imitated on the guitar right at the very end that's that's really cool kind of reminds me of the uh uh riot squad from uh cox bar that yeah. intro right that's cool check out spike polite and sewage sewage nyc go over to that Bandcamp page go check out the rest you've heard two of the tracks from us here you know what we think uh, go check it out. Make up your own mind. Eric, we're gonna, you have a great cover-to-cover -cover album. We have an interview, a couple tracks from Midwich Cuckoos, all coming up. But before we get there, you saw several shows again. I only, I didn't. <laughs> I, I saw Power Man 5000 the week before. I didn't see anything this week. So lay it on us. I have some shows to talk <laughs> about that will be coming up. But you've got some, some shows to talk about that you went and saw. Oh, yeah. I got a lot of shows. I have all two of them ready to talk about. Go for it. <laughs> well, the first one. It was the fucking Circle Jerks, man. <laughs> the Circle Jerks with Negative Approach and Seven Seconds. Those are three of the pillars of hardcore as we knew it back in the day. You had negative approach with that raging aggression coming from Detroit. You had seven seconds uh, waving the flag for hardcore in the most unlikely of places, that being Reno. <laughs> who the <laughs> fuck goes to Reno? Right. Uh, no one really. Well, people who can't afford Vegas, but that's besides the point. And, of course, <laughs> Circle Jerks. The Circle Jerks, the way that Keith Morris had originally envisioned the envisioned black flag, he really loved the ideas of songs like White Minority being a, being a tongue-in-cheek parody of certain issues. And he wanted to do more of that, but Black Flag was getting more serious. And Keith Morris was like, well, I'm going to be doing my own thing with a new band of mine. <laughs> and we're going to be called the Circle Jerks. That way people know what they're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this is not a uh, this is not a lecture on uh, why the Circle Jerks are great. Everybody knows they are great, and if you went into that show, you know why. So let me talk about the show first. Little precursor there. I was uh, running a bit late. I had band practice that night, and you know, new drummer trying to get her solid and everything like that. But 
<clears throat> yeah, I was parking at the parking at the venue, and I was like, you know what? I'm I don't care. I'm parking semi illegally in a no parking zone. It's by a construction site that nobody uses. The driveway that nobody uses as well, and. I get up, I get out of my car, and then the little uh, meter maid, not the meter maid, the guy who was, like, standing and waving cars in to do a little paid parking thing, he yells over to me, you know, if you park there, you're going to get a ticket. I just go, I know, and then I keep walking. <laughs> I I don't care how much... How much I would have to pay. You can ticket me. You can picket me. You can shake a stick at me. I will pay whatever. Money comes and money goes. But you know what I cannot replace? Seeing negative approach and having walked in right as they're playing ready to fight. Oh, yeah. That was enough for me to just swim through the sea of people, get all the way up front, and just yell as close as I can to John Brandon's face. And he's there, Mr. Gary the Eagle incarnate, <laughs> uh, that permanent scowl, and he is just, uh, he doesn't move around a lot, but he doesn't have to. That face is just enough aggression that is needed. <laughs> oh, man, the guy's a, guy looks weird. He's a cool guy, but he just looks so mean. <laughs> and he sounds mean, too, like he's got a hell of a voice. Negative Approach, they were great. Played a lot of the songs that I really loved. Except I missed Dead Stop. I heard them playing that as I was walking through the door. I go, oh, fuck, no, I missed Dead Stop. <laughs> but I didn't miss Ready to Fight, and I didn't miss Tied Down. Awesome. Oh, man. Seven Seconds came back out. Seven Seconds, Kevin Seconds said, I'm not going to be doing a lot of moving around because, well, we're old, man. <laughs> I'm fucking 60 years old. <laughs> And still doing it. Oh, yeah. He's still doing it. You know, after they went away for a few years, I think it was four years ago, that they said they were calling it quits, when really they were just kind of in hypersleep. Nice. <laughs> because they came roaring back. Unfortunately, their drummer was not able to come back because of his back issues. Oh, and bad. he's not making a decent recovery. So, sucks that he is gone. But, as a replacement, they got none other than Joey Costello. Joey Castello, man, he's been in everything. He's been in Queens of the Stone Age. He is doing stuff with uh, Blood Clot as well. He's been in Blast. And now he's doing the Circle Jerks. He's kind of the uh, Josh Freeze of this generation. Awesome. <laughs> if anyone remembers Josh Freeze, he was all over the place. <laughs> Great drummer, too, as he should be. Doing the Vandals, the Offspring, and Nine Inch Nails. Okay. Seven seconds, they were great. Played all the songs that I wanted them to hear. Did Here's Your Warning. They did Not Just Boys Fun. This is the Angry. Walk Together, Rock Together. Sati, Satigraha. And they even did the song Leave a Light On. And I was excited about that. I was like, yes, finally. Something from the last album they put out near 10 years ago. <laughs> and I knew it. That's Seven awesome. seconds was great. And between every song or every other song... Uh, Kevin would uh, would lean down towards the crowd and he'd blow kisses to everybody. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that guy's got braids all the way down to his uh, pecs right now. Wow. Yep, he's braided his hair. He's looking very hippie. And speaking of hippie hair, Keith Morris's dreads are down to his ankles now. <laughs> wow. At least one is. I don't know. It's really kind of hard to tell the lengths. They're very mismatched. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. he's been repping that for, God, 30 Five years, maybe. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, this is their 40th anniversary tour, so about that long, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
So yeah, the circle jerks. They just come out on stage. No big introduction. Keith Morris just starts bullshitting with the crowd. And then they're like, okay, is everybody ready? Okay, we're going to start. And then, boop, right into deny everything. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a great stuff. I'm pretty sure they played the entirety of group sex. Yeah, but that's where all the hits are. I mean, except for the obvious, Wild in the Streets, which they did eventually get to. But they played some of my favorites, doing World Up My Ass, Operation, uh, I Just Want Some Skank, <laughs> Beverly Hills, so many good songs. And they were even doing some deep cuts. Even Keith Morris said, this was a song that Greg, you know, Greg Hetson, their guitarist, this is one that he chose because he really likes the guitar work on this. Me, I don't like anything about this album, but I like the message that this song in particular entails. I don't remember what song it was, but I just more or less uh, remember Keith's banter. Oh, and the crowd? If you thought you could hold still at some point, if you were that far left or that far right, fucking forget it. There was no such thing as immobility at that show. Nice. Unless you were like in the way, way back or up on the uh, rising bar. That's about it. That's cool. Oh, yeah. And it was a great one. I left uh, I left during a couple of the songs that were from the Circle Jerks deep cuts that I really didn't care for. And I went to check out the merch. And I went to Negative Approaches merch. And guess they had a little bin there of a bunch of random LPs and EPs just, just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, okay. I think this is Joey's idea. Because... <laughs> You know, he still likes to push a lot of bands. There was a Blood Clot record right in the very front. Awesome. I'm like, that's got to be Joey. And and I was going through the LPs. There were some good ones in there. But the EPs is what got me. Because what should I find but the 7-inch of Minor Threat's first demo tape. Wow. I was like, this is the demo tape that I first listened to when I was getting into hardcore punk. This was when I had the realization... Oh, man, you can actually write a song and have it be 30 seconds long. Okay, <laughs> you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty much the abridged version of my experience at that show. Oh, and you know that guy who warned me about getting a ticket? I didn't get one! <laughs> so I parked illegally, got to the show just in time, and I didn't get fucking ticketed for it. Mike, drop. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, everything worked out swimmingly that night. And then... Then, no less than a day later, it was exactly one day later, my favorite SLC hardcore band, Villain, Villain, you son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Grab the hands. They played a show at Aces High with Capitals and with the Reds and with... Hmm, Somebody else? Somebody else? One second. Violent Unrest. Yeah, I should have known that. <laughs> God damn it. I was even thinking about that earlier. I'm like, oh yeah, I just saw them. And now I forgot. But yes, Violent Unrest. They were, they were all there. They all kicked ass. I invited a lot of people to that show, of which maybe only two of them showed up. Well, <laughs> but whatever, they're lost. Right? <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, the Reds, I wasn't paying too much attention to them. They are, uh, they are a very new band. I was just shooting pool with my friends, and it was pretty cool. And then Violent Arrest came out, superb, as always. Awesome. And then came on Villain. 
They were the penultimate band. Capitals ended up closing. I'll get to that in a minute. But Villain, my prior knowledge was that they were going to be doing a lot of their older songs. And I cannot have been happier. (laughs) The first eight songs that they have that they recorded, technically their first two EPs, but I love every single one of those songs. They helped me through some of the roughest, some of the darkest times in my life, and this last month was no different. They villain has been on repeat for most of my, for most of uh, the entire last month, and yeah, just seeing them live, I'm like, okay, this couldn't have come at a better time. I was yelling those lyrics, and the next day, I sounded like this. I still kind of sound like this as well, but mostly it's dry weather out there. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, I was going. I was going hard, and I also got their set list. It's fucking perfect. Uh, then Capitals. The funny thing about Capitals, their singer Matt. I used to work with him at Musicians Friend when it was a call center, or when we had a call center here. At least I don't know if it still exists. I don't care. But I was working with him, and he was like my team lead for the section I was working, and. He was a punk rocker. He was a hardcore kid. So naturally, we got along very swimmingly. <laughs> and then I left. The Then I left. He left not too long after. And then we just kept running into each other at shows. And he's been in a few other bands, probably the, the latest of which was Jesus. You know, G-E-E-Z apostrophe S. Right. That band. And Capitals, they had been like, the last time I saw them was the last time DRI came through. And that, I believe, was 2017, 2016, somewhere around there. It was a long time ago. So the fact that Capitals is coming back was, that was really great. And towards the end, like, pretty much everyone is burned out. There's not a lot of people left. But Matt was still getting into it. He got down into the crowd with the four people who were still moving around, one of which was my guitarist, Ethan. He was pretty pissed drunk at that point. He was just, like, getting in and just boshing to everybody, getting bruises up and down his arm. He was having a great time. And, oh, yeah, Capitals, they're great. I'm happy to see them uh, back. And that was, uh, yeah, only two shows, but a lot of stuff happened. Absolutely. So, and that's what that's what should be happening at shows. You don't want to go to a show and just be like, oh, yeah, this band played. What, and that's it? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's about the it's about the connection you make, man. Yes. All right. Well, I've got a list of shows to quickly get through for shows coming up that you can go check out if they're in your area or you can travel to. So we're going to start in California. We talk about a lot of shows in California. This one is going to be in San Dimas, California. It'll feature Riot Gun and L.A.'s Forgotten. We'll be playing L.A.'s Forgotten uh, within the next few episodes. And it's brought to us by High Point Brewing Company. I'm not paid for that advertisement. I just thought it'd be fun to read it that way. Uh, go check it out. The show will be on March 26th at, it looks like, Highway uh, High Point Sorry, Brewing Company, which is it's in San Dimas. Go look it up. Go follow the bands LA's Forgotten and Riot Gun. They will be playing this Saturday, the 26th. A quick rundown of where Circle Jerks will be heading because their tour is so long. Uh, the 24th is tomorrow, so Minneapolis, then Chicago, then Detroit, which is sold out, then Buffalo, then Pittsburgh, then Cleveland, then Toronto, then Montreal, Quebec, Quebec City, Burlington, Vermont. That is up till April 5th. We'll get to more on 
another show because they have so many shows coming up and uh, those are that's going to be pretty awesome. So just uh, be on the lookout, go follow Circle Jerks, and you can see whomever they happen to be playing with. Uh, coming up, Lions Law is starting a tour with the Casualties over there in Europe, mm. and on the 25th, which is on Friday, they will be in the Netherlands. Uh, the 26th, Belgium, then the Netherlands, then nothing on the 28th. They'll be playing a handful of shows in Germany. It's Osnabrück, then Essen, then Köln, then Ubach, then in France on uh, April 2nd for Montbelliard. And they have plenty of other shows. So like I said about the Circle Jerk shows, we'll talk more coming up on other episodes, but they probably have like 20 some odd other shows throughout France and Spain, uh, Italy and so forth on the rest of that tour, even Switzerland, it looks like. So they have a lot coming up, Casualties and Lion's Law, and I'm sure uh, locally they will have a lot of fantastic bands playing at those shows. On April 1st, Friday, April 1st, that's next week, 7 p.m., $10, uh, you will get to see Kirkby Kiss for the first time in Philadelphia, and they'll be playing with Rob Lynn, Silence Equals Death, Extinguish the Code, Orlando Furioso and get yourself killed and that will be the fire it looks like brought to us by Hostel City Oi 10 bucks and you're getting like 6 7 bands there that's pretty awesome uh, so go check out that one on April 1st also on April 1st here in Salt Lake uh, All Systems Fail Mandalore Violent Unrest The Usurpers all playing at Resolute Tattoo with Project Sellout 10 bucks that's April 1st here in Salt Lake. Eric is going to, I'll leave that to him, to talk <laughs> about the second project sellout show that will be happening on that night. That's a week from this Friday, because they'll be playing two in the same night. On April 2nd, Bricks and Mortar will be playing, uh, that's Saturday, April 2nd, Bricks and Mortar will be playing with Darker Days and Hagglers in Somerville, Massachusetts, and then Bricks and Mortar have another show that'll come up on the 16th in Salem, Massachusetts, so... Be on the lookout for bricks and mortar shows coming up. Uh, and then one that you may want to travel to. Oi, this is Teglin. And I think that was Netherlands, if I remember right. Uh, uh, Teglin, Netherlands. And obviously it's in Teglin. And if I'm not saying that right, it's T-E-G-E-L-E-N. Featuring Stomper 98, Crown Court, Arch Rivals, The Young Ones, The Reapers, Knock Off, One Voice, Ben Out of Shape. Saturday, April 16th. It's the 10th edition of Oi, this is Teglin. Man, I wish I could be at that show. So if you're anywhere in that proximity over in Europe, you might want to travel to see it. And the last thing that I'm going to mention is Bad Assets have a handful of shows that will be coming up. Uh, first, they have April 15th at the New Dodge Lounge in Hamtramck. Is that right? Hamtramck. Okay, it's in Michigan. And... Uh, Bad Assets will be playing with Keep Away, Consensia, Total, Total, they're from Chicago, and Disturbio, Social, that show, again, what day did I say? I'm looking at the flyer, so I apologize for the delays. Uh, that one's on April 15th. The next one, a Grand City Central DIY presents Bad Assets, the Old Breed, gosh, I love the Old Breed too, uh, EKG, Frente Norte, and Rat Trap, that is on April 29th. Ask a Punk if you want to see 
where that one is, but it's in Toledo, Ohio. It's going to be a DIY spot. Reach out to any of those bands. If you don't follow them, follow some, ask them. They will let you know. Uh, then at the Double Play Saloon, which will be at the Blue Island in the south side of Chicago. Nico's birthday, April 30th. 30th birthday for Nico on April 30th. Uh, we'll be getting Bad Assets, Fighting Scraps, The Ridgelands, and Substitute Prostitute. What a cool name that is, Substitute Prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> well, like a girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you can go check that out on April 30th. And finally, uh, April 16th, I guess I read those a little bit out of order, in Flint, Michigan, uh, Bad Assets will be playing with You Dirty Rat and High Totals and Screw. It's a $5 show. At Flint City Hard Cider, no, that's who's presenting the show. It will be, oh no, Flint City Hard Cider. That is it. So go check out those four bad asset shows. That's two weekends, two weeks apart, back to back nights. You can go check out bad assets and a lot of badass bands that bad assets are going to be playing with. I'll mention uh, those shows in the upcoming weeks as we get closer to those as well. Eric, that's all the shows that I've got to mention for this show. What do you got? Oh, I got a few. At least one. Yeah, at least one. Anyway, yeah, on the uh, 29th at Yo Mama's House, (laughs) the band Victim of Fire will be coming up from Denver to play with Ribbons, Social Stigma, Suffocator, and Skullfuck. Also on the 29th, this was originally supposed to be at the Beehive as sort of like a midnight show, but has since been moved to Aces because, as they say on their Instagram, we got to work the next day. <laughs> anyway, this is this is going to be the show with the mighty Scarhead. Oh, uh, cool. yeah. Hardcore legends. And they'll be playing at Aces with Concrete Dream, Tony's Salipas King Relix, and Violent Unrest. Awesome. <laughs> yep. They're everywhere. They're, they're omnipresent, those guys. <laughs> uh, and yes, as Dustin mentioned, on the first Project Sellout, we'll be playing at Resolute Tattoo with Mandalore and All Systems Fail as part of a tour kickoff for them. Uh, even though they won't be leaving until the end of April, but I digress. And yes, Violent Unrest, go figure, with the Usurpers. Not go figure, they don't play very much. (laughs) And later that night, yep, they will be playing another show, just like the last time when they were here, at Aces High Saloon with Sacrilegion, Death Metal Kings of Salt Lake, and they're the kings because they're like the only death metal band in Salt Lake, but... (laughs) Uncontested. Yeah, uncontested. But still, still, <laughs> if any other death metal band were to form in Salt Lake or come out of the woodwork, Sacrilegion would still be better. Nice. <laughs> I'm speaking objectively here. But also, the better band, also speaking objectively, <laughs> and I may have a bias, is my band, Anonymous. We're going to be playing with Project Sellout and Sacrilegion on April 1st at Issa's High Saloon. That's going to be rad. And on the next day, the day after that, the second Project Sellout will be playing another show, not in Salt Lake, but in Provo, at the Lady Dogs Shop with Mandalore again and also Backhand. And I think one more other band, um, I can't remember, but I will be I will plug it next time, next week. Awesome. Yep, and I but, think they're playing on Vegas on their way up here, if I'm not mistaken. March 31st, uh, they will be... In Vegas at Smurf Pond, and that's Project Sellout, that is. Yes. And one more show, and this is the probably the most important one, and also functions as a lead-in to my great cover-to-cover album. The band that I have tattooed on my left forearm, 
<laughs> will be playing the Union on the 28th of March. And that band is first name bad, last name religion. <laughs> they are finally coming back because the last time they were scheduled to be here back in October, or maybe it was November, one of those months, they had to cancel. They were on tour with Alkaline Trio, and they had to cancel because one of their guitarists got the old, oh, the old CV-19 <laughs> fucking thing. So Alkaline Trio played that show. They did an extra long set for them just to kind of uh, uh, heal the wounds. <laughs> it's like, sorry, we couldn't get Bad Religion on here, but we'll play more Alkaline for you. Uh, I was not there. Uh, Bad Religion was the main reason I was going, and I'm getting to see them again. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Bad religion. Hopefully, they'll get an. We'll get an extra long set as well. Hopefully, I'll get some songs that I have not heard live. But this will be my tenth time seeing them. So even if I, even if they don't play some songs that I was hoping for, I can rest assured that I guarantee I have had them played live to me at some point in some time since two thousand nine. <laughs> okay. With that being said, let's get into. What is my personal favorite Bad Religion album, at least pre-2000s? It's a tie, sort of, with between this one and the Empire Strikes First. Now, I talked about Empire Strikes First uh, sometime last year. I think it was around this time. And those are my weird shroom story with the song God's Love. Right? <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a bad memory, but also not a great one. It was really weird. <laughs> anyway... The album that I love the most is this one, Recipe for Hate. This was the last album, at least at the time, that Bad Religion released on their their label, Epitaph. Because they were getting picked up by Atlantic Records. And that, that was when Stranger Than Fiction came out. It was their major label debut. But technically speaking, Recipe for Hate was released jointly by Epitaph. But when... Uh, but when Bad Religion got picked up by Atlantic, they counted that as their debut release as well. So why I bring this up is because when they signed over to Atlantic, that was when they were starting to get a bit more poppier, to kind of creating slower songs. And you kind of get this in Recipe for Hate, but I'm going to get to that song in a minute. But this one still has the raw, feral integrity that Bad Religion was known for in their previous albums. I mean, you listen to Suffer, you listen to No Control, you listen to uh, Against the Grain. It still has that. It still has that rugged West Coast intensity. You can just still feel the angst and anger in all of their lyrics. And this is when they were getting a little more in, insightful. But they still held on to a lot of anger, and it did come so in the very first song, the title track. This is Recipe for Hate. <laughs> Yeah. 
That one gets me amped up every time. This whole album gets me amped up. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good songs on here. Probably the most noticeable of which is American Jesus. Right. Yeah, that was the runaway single. That was a music video and everything. And it's a great song. It is a great song. Arguably probably the best one lyrically on this album, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, it is not that song that I chose as the secondary pick. No, I chose a bit more of a uh, deeper cut for this one. And like I said, when uh, Bad Religion was getting a, a bit more of their pop sensibility in check, where it was like, a, oh yeah, the classic structure of a pop song. The intro, the verse, and the chorus. The verse, the chorus, the bridge, and then the chorus rev- revisited. Yeah, it came to fruition in this song, probably the best, and this song has struck a nerve. And this was kind of a sign of things to come with Bad Religion going to that more classic structural route. You know, even before Infected became a thing. <laughs> and that became a live staple. That became a that became the calling card for Bad Religion. I guess 21st Century Digital Boy did it first, but that song didn't really get popular until they re-recorded and re-released it on Stranger Than Fiction, which came out after, I remind you. (laughs) Like I said, this was a pivotal point in Bad Religion's career, and that's why I think Recipe for Hate is such a great album. And this song is a catalyst of that. This is Struck a Nerve. There's an old man on a city bus holding a candy cane And it isn't even Christmas He sees a note in the obituary that his last friend has died There's an empty clinging to his overweight mother in the cold As they go to shop for cigarettes And she spends her last dollar on a bottle of vodka for tonight And I guess it's struck on her like I had to scrape my eyes You can never get out of a line of sight Like a barren winter day Or a patch of unburned green Like a tragic real dream I guess it struck on me
I'm a burning by superlatives Realizing very well that I am not alone Interpreted I look to tomorrow for salvation But I'm thinking altruistically And a wave of overwhelming doubt turns me to stone And I guess it struck a nerve Sent a murmur to my heart We just haven't got time to crack down these Like a magic speeding clock Or a cancer in our cells A collision in the It's a, it's a song that you can follow. It's a song that's going to get stuck in your head. It sure as shit got stuck in mine. <laughs> and yeah, just the way that they're painting an image in that one, especially in the first verse, there's a, yeah, there's an infant clinging to his overweight mother as she, as they go to shop for cigarettes and she spends her last dollar on a bottle of vodka for tonight. <laughs> yeah. Getting pretty, uh, gets pretty misanthropic, a little right. dismal in this one. And it's just painting the reality of a lot of people's lives. And it's just so, it's so sad, man. <laughs> so sad. It really, as the title suggests, strikes a nerve. So, yep, this is uh, this is two of the songs that I originally had. It's two of the three songs I originally had chosen for this album. And I will be playing the third one next episode. It's it's there. <laughs> it's there. It's there because it's surrounding the... Uh, it's surrounding the show, so I got to talk about it. I will talk about the show. I'm going to talk about this band a little more because, really, my one of my favorite songs is going to be left out, and I can't live with that. So I'm going to be doing it next week. Excellent. Well, you know what's coming next week. What's coming next is 
an interview. But before we get there, we're going to play some music from the band. The band is Midwich Cuckoos. If you're unfamiliar, well, we played them just a few episodes back. Eric played some stuff off of a previous release. Uh, once we were tentatively getting the interview going, Eric went back and checked out some previous music, liked what he heard. He played some tracks off of We Are Everywhere. He played Oh Rats and Got Got Need. Uh, good stuff. You'll hear a lot of talking on the interview. Eric was unable to attend because we did it at a time where he was doing band practice. And as he stated at the beginning of the episode, mm. he is getting that new drummer up to up to par with the rest of the band, learning new tracks and such because they have a show and several shows after coming up. Oh, yeah. We got five shows scheduled for the next two months. And that is including the one on the first. But, hey... If you want to know about it, stay updated at our band page, or just keep listening to this podcast, because I'm going to plug them. That's right. <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, come to our show. The what, what this new drummer is bringing to the table, she is killing it. That's awesome. Oh, man. She's breathing new life into the songs. Really feels like it has a heartbeat. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, they, you can find their music on uh, Onslaught Music, the Bandcamp page. And you can go check out uh, that previous release that we just talked about. And then they have something new coming up. So they released the EP Death and they released the EP Glory recently, each recently. And they're releasing a full length called Death or Glory that has those tracks and more on them. And they just released this week a new single called Hourglass. We're going to listen to that song right now. I believe by the weekend, a video for it should be coming out. If it hasn't already, but I think it's by the weekend. The band Midwich Cuckoos, they're from London. Again, April 8th is when Death or Glory will be out. We're going to listen to Hourglass now. Then we're going to hear an interview. And after that, we'll check out the track Crosses, which features David Rodriguez of his many bands, such as Casualties, Starving Wolves, Crumb Bums, and so forth. And featured on so many other tracks, and he always adds such great stuff to the track, as he does on Crosses. But Crosses will come after the interview. First up, it's Hourglass, and then the interview. Enjoy.
All right, joining me now from Midwich Cuckoos, I have Leslie, I have Rob. Thank you for joining me. Go ahead and introduce yourselves, what you do in the band. Sure. My name's Leslie, and I play guitars in the Midwich Cuckoos. I'm Rob, and I play guitar as well in the Midwich Cuckoos. Well, we've got like sort of four other people as well. We've got Tansy on vocals. We've also got another guitarist called Patch. Yeah, and yep. then we've got our rhythm section as well. We've got uh, uh, Ben on bass and Rob on drums. Dan. Dan. Oh, dear. That <laughs> <laughs> remembers drummers anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so what is that like having three guitarists? Traditionally, most bands have one or two. You have three. What is that like? putting your music together too. So why don't you tell me a little bit about having three guitarists in the band? Oh, it's, totally, it's, it's great. I mean, the band I was in before and I was the only guitar player. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a world of difference coming in, uh, coming in with, with, with two others. It's, it's, it's been brilliant, really. It's, um, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it was the original intention to have three guitar players in the band, but yeah, we can talk about that a bit more about how the band came together. But I think especially on uh, the last record, it's, it's been great. We've all obviously very different. We bring different things. Um, it does mean like the, the record can be really fat. There's a lot going on. And the nice thing is that we can have a real go at doing it live as well. So it's not just whatever you layer up in the uh, on the record. You, you're probably going to hear 95% of it when, we, when we're playing it as well. So it's, it's good. It's good. Excellent. And it also means you can have a sneaky break as well if it gets uh, if it gets a bit heavy going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. I, I kind of jumped ahead just because I, I I do find that really intriguing having the three guitarists. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the the beginnings of the band for anybody that is tuning in now and, and maybe not aware of your band or this is the first time hearing about the band. Why don't you tell us a little bit about when you started, uh, where you're from? Well, it all started as a bit of an experiment. So sort of patch. Um, like I and him go way back and Ben as well. And he was sort of working on some songs while he wasn't in a band. And like what he was doing was he was sending me some ideas. Um, I'd like to write some lyrics, have some vocal ideas for it. And it kind of went back and forth. And he was also doing that with sort of other people uh, across the world. So he's speaking to Valentina, who is based in Italy, a friend of ours, Hiku in Brazil. And like he would sort of appear and disappear every now and again. And all of a sudden there was an album. Uh, after like about like a year and a half. So like we're the original Zoom band before it like sort of became cool. <laughs> and, um, you know, so we're all based in the UK and London. Well, majority of us, um, Pat wanted to put together a live band to play a show to support the album. And instead um, sort of been on bass and uh, Dan on drums. And we just kept on sort of going really and it was only supposed to be like a like a six-month thing we just kept on playing shows Valentina was in London at the time for like about six eight months and she went back to Italy and we managed to find Tansy and also Rob fill in uh you came in and filled in for a couple of gigs or sort of Pat couldn't play didn't you yeah, I was only supposed to be there uh temporary for I think it was one show wasn't it down in Bristol that uh that Pat couldn't make and um yeah kind of stuck around <laughs> yeah like i think the the whole premise of it like is just started from sort of fun and creativity and that was the thing like sort of um in the rehearsal room like learning the songs and like you were just like adding stuff on top it was like hmm, three guitars and just kind of just progressed from there really and, and then i think when new songs new songs started appear to appear having those three i three different brains from a guitar point of view that was it from the beginning. So it wasn't like on the first album, it was 
either trying to find something to fit in what was already there or just duplicating what was what was already already happening. These new bunch of songs, it's always meant to have these three voices, really, if you want to, we want to call that. And and it's got to a point where it, it does make a difference if one of them's not there, which is great. It's great that there's three definite parts going on. It, it does it does make a difference. It makes it like it makes it quite loud. Uh, definitely good live. Definitely makes a makes an impact. I think that's fantastic. So along those lines, you know, traditionally in a band, if you have two guitars, right, you have a rhythm guitar, lead guitar, as it were. Uh, how does it work with three guitars? Uh, I guess a lot, a lot of organization in terms of you know, like when we're writing the song, like sort of structure. Um, ben put it really well the other day. Um, you know, like in the in the pre-production looking at how the song is composed and seeing which parts need to jump out because there's a lot of there's a lot of guitars and a lot of sounds and backing vocals and well like what's the main bit um and we're not always all playing at the same time um you know like some of the open spaces in the record um you know is a really nice time for just one person to play a really lovely chord you know so it's, yeah a lot of arrangement a lot of thought put into it you know to to give that variety and uh, you know a big sound really a lot of uh, discipline to not just throw big Iron Maiden style guitar <laughs> harmony solos on every single song, everyone. <laughs> right? Oh, that's awesome. the The question I would have next would be: so, with having three guitars, and, and I know it's been a little different, say the last two years. You know, a lot of bands depending on where you live and your circumstances and so forth, a lot of bands probably had a little bit of extra time, you know, less focus on playing shows because in some areas there wasn't any shows. And so maybe more time to be creative, you know, if you still want to be involved with what you're doing. And so maybe a lot of bands have written a lot of stuff. Like last interview we did, Band Out of Australia Trashed Again. You know, they just released a six-track EP, and they already just, and that came out end of January. And... I did the interview a week ago with them, and they are just finishing up, you know, mixing another, I think, six or seven tracks, and their previous release was, you know, five weeks before that, and so they're ready to go, and there's a long story that goes along with that, but the point is, is a lot of people have had some time, maybe, but I've noticed you have a lot of releases, a lot of music, and the question would be, is maybe having three guitars, it sounds like, you know, without having asked more questions about it, but it sounds like everybody's probably a bit involved in creating your music, since you have six band members, is that maybe a driving force in the quantity of music that you've put out fairly recently, is, you know, having three different guitarists, and if that's the case... Is that one of those things where Leslie has something, Rob has something, or so you're like, hey, I've got this, let's go here, and then people add to it? I know I'm asking a lot of questions all on top, but maybe, you know, feel free to expand on any of that. It just seems like you you do have quite the discography in the recent history, maybe a little more than other bands that might have just had some free time over the last two years. I mean, we, yeah, we, we we definitely have been busy over the last last couple of years. I mean, the the album or the, the Death and Glory, all the music was really written, recorded when we could during lockdowns, really. So I think we had the the, the bare bones of the the death part of it. So the first four, four or five songs kind of ready to go, um, and was able to record or partially record that before um, the first lockdown in the UK, and then it went back into sort of throwing things around digitally to get those songs finished and get the second parts done ready for 
when everything's opened up again. I think we did uh, some acoustic versions of the previous release to keep things going as well, all done all, all done at home. But in terms of the songwriting, for, at least for this album, it was odd for, because I've always been in kind of jam bands before where you go to a room a couple of times a week, once a week, and you, you thrash out songs and they appear. This was these this one's was very, I think, a lot more structured in terms of an idea would get formed and then spread about. I mean, Ben is is fantastic at pulling together stuff at home um, and really getting a good foundation of people's ideas together and pulling it into a starting point, really. And then that tends to get thrown about. And when we was recording, there was obviously a bit of trust about when people were going, because we all went in separately, effectively, um, because we couldn't, because of restrictions, we couldn't go into the studio and record it in a big group, which would have been great. I mean, some of the sessions towards the end, we, we got together and were able to do it for the vocals. Um, so there was a bit of trust about going in and doing your thing and uh, and uh, making sure it was going to be okay. And, and in the other side, alongside it, we've, we've put a lot of time or thinking about other elements just outside the music, like, like producing a, a bunch of videos that go with it and thinking about things that, We've never done before in bands before, and just it's like a big like why not? Why not just just do it? And uh, yeah, there's a there's a big package of material ready ready to go now. Hopefully, we can uh, yeah. <laughs> we can start sharing it a bit more. I think that's yeah, that's the key thing. Like enjoying the journey. Like uh, it was this album's like a long time coming. Mm. Uh, why put it out in a rush when we can also sort of enjoy unveiling each song with everybody? Like you know, with, with the video alongside that, and enjoy. That part of it as opposed to two tracks here's an album and then it's it's on to the next and it's done it's like oh okay it's like let's uh yeah enjoy it and it really goes together your last you know i'm looking at your onslaught music uh band camp where where a lot of your releases appear to be and you can tell that all the artwork some i think of the some of these might be singles without going through everything but you know i know death glory each four tracks but then you have death and glory and obviously the artwork ties in so it's such a, a cool tie-in you know it'd be and it great artistry whoever did your artwork but you can tell colors and, and just everything kind of goes together with sucker to the grave milk tears 13 all those releases right around there plus your, your eps and so forth all the artwork really goes together so it just is it, another level in my opinion as far as what you're releasing obviously your audible art artistry but uh visually that goes with each of those releases too it's really cool well thanks man uh the, the artwork um the illustrations were done by antonio pacelli um, so he's a friend of ours and, uh, we, you know, we had like the sort of concept of death and glory and the songs as well. And we reached out to him and said, like, if he had any ideas and he just started creating, uh, like what started first is these icons. And then like, we got talking about uh, sort of mainly him and patch, like sort of talking about the concept, the, the album, which is the rise and fall of Tansy Belaine and started creating these beautiful, illustrations of that story which um is available as part of the art book that comes with our vinyl um so like you get this like 40 page art book with lovely illustrations that's come out beautifully and all the lyrics and stuff so like we had to we had so much fun with that like that was just like another element of like the sort of videos and like the sort of whole release plan was to you know shine a light on this artwork and the amazing people that are helping us out with like sort of videos design work yeah, just have fun with it. 
Yeah, and Dan, uh, uh, the drummer, is, is putting a, a huge shift in terms of pulling everything together and and building the the, the package really of what we see what we've seen here. He's done a lot of the uh, the graphic design work and a lot of the sort of the, the concept and art direction behind it. He grabbed these elements and built this package, which is is something we're like massively pleased with. Um, just to yeah, just to you know, sort of lift it a bit. So especially putting out something a physical release, it's like let's really give people something nice actually to do to enjoy that whole experience of flicking through a book reading the lyrics as the song's playing kind of kind of thing rather than just being uh in the background really just get get into it get into the story and um he's, he's done a all the, all the guys done a, a, an amazing job at, at delivering that and it really goes together again it's just such a, a next level planning right like a typically you know i picture a band they have their release and then they've got some artwork that goes along with it right and then the next release artwork that goes along with it but you have to really have you know either the same artist or some forethought because it really looks like it had to be planned out i mean especially death glory and then death or glory i love how the elements tie in glory's its own thing death's its own thing but then and you keep the colors the same the black the white uh, and the gold amongst all of those releases, and, and it ties in so well together. But I really love the death, glory, and the death or glory, how the artwork just blends together, and it looks like how it should be combined. Death, glory, death or glory. That's brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I love to collect vinyl. Obviously, I like the sounds, but, I, you know, vinyl is inconvenient to take with us, right? You know, I listen to so much <laughs> of my music in my car, but I couldn't imagine being in my car and having the record player somehow <laughs> fit in the car, first of all. But then, you know, side A plays, you got to be hoping, all right, this is where you're hoping you're stuck in traffic, so you have a moment to <laughs> flip it over. That's really inconvenient. But another cool thing about it, besides the sound, is the artwork that goes along. And when you have that next level, on the artwork, on the, that pre-planning and how it just blends together. It's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, that's when I say next level, it's, all right, we get our vinyl, we listen to it, we enjoy the differences on listening to vinyl compared to, you know, when it's on a cassette or off of a CD digitally. But when you have the ability to display the cassette tapes so small and typically the shape doesn't really, you know, people aren't designing their artwork in most cases anymore for cassette tape, you're that squared shape, which is either a CD and going to be small or a vinyl, which will be bigger, even a seven inches, considerably bigger than a CD. And when you would have that artwork in that size, it's just really cool to be able to have. And, you know, almost from a collector standpoint, instead of just, hey, I like Midwich Cuckoos, I want to get their music and have it on vinyl. It's Hey, I like their music, and I really want all of those because they really go together. And that's great. I mean, I, that's, so we were sort of ticking that box of, uh, like, say the, the music's there. You can, you can get it. You can get it if you want. But for if if if, if people want that extra something special, and vinyl's great. I mean, it's um it's quite dangerous for me. I, I'm still yeah, I've still got the big the big big wall of CDs at home, and uh, the vinyl's definitely tapping me on the shoulder. There's a one of the studios that we practice at. They've pretty much converted their office into a vinyl shop. And we was there at the weekend, and it's a dangerous place. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dangerous place. I'd mentally spent hundreds of pounds in like half an hour of flicking through. It's like, no. Right. <laughs> it's, it's brilliant. It's lovely, like, having that whole um, sort of tactile 
experience back and it's it seems to be growing massively hugely coming back and this is like what we wanted to do with this album once again sort of dan our drummer has outdone himself like uh me and him have spent a lot of time on the the package because not only does it look visually great I've got to say it feels beautiful. It's a wonderfully tactile Matt Lamb effect. And like even the art book feels absolutely fantastic. We spend like a lot of time thinking about like the sort of paper. So like when you hold it, you've just got to go, ooh, reverse card. Um, like if you're if you're a vinyl nerd, like you'll notice that it feels different. That's cool. That release is coming out in just a couple of weeks. Is it uh, April 8th? April 8th, Friday, yeah. Just under three weeks <laughs> away. Is your vinyl going to be released on that day? So that's your release date for Bandcamp. So people will be able to get that digitally there. And the reason why I ask about vinyl is because, as we all know, in the last year or so, the vinyl pressing times are just pushed back. I mean, some people talking about, you know, once they get it submitted, you know, nine months to a year before they're going to be getting it. Yep, absolutely. Um, But like we've had a lot of time. I also run a record label called Lockjaw Records and my own label imprint on slot music. So uh, yeah, quite well aware and sort of (laughs) pre-prepared for the wait and everything that sort of came along with it. So yeah, we're ready to ship. So people should be receiving, um, if not, on release day, very close to release day. Um, so the, the records have arrived with us. They feel and look fantastic. Ready for the eighth. Well, on top of all the, you know, the great looking album cover, the, the art book that comes with it, the vinyl looks really cool. The white with the, the gold splatter all throughout. That looks really neat. And again, it just goes so in sync with the rest of the artwork the color scheme does. Yeah, that's great. Now that you have that will be released, you've released the other two death had four tracks glory had four tracks and then i was looking at it. i know there's a few intros i don't know the lengths of the intros but still you have 21 tracks listed as the combination of death or glory that's pretty awesome that that's going to have so much on there even you know with the intros intros are usually really cool anyway um, the, the intros are quite nice because they it definitely ties together the the, the narrative of the of, of the songs and the two halves of the album so yeah it's, it's good it's, we've gone all out on it <laughs> <laughs> you've heard you've heard nine tracks but you haven't heard the album let's put it that way you right. feel like you might have no there's a lot more coming it looks like it there's a lot there and definitely looking forward to checking out more of it and at some point, all of it, right? Here in a, a oh, few and weeks. And the secret track. And the secret track, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that a secret. Amongst all of this, obviously you've been busy putting all this music together, recording it, and the entire process that goes along with it. Have you had a lot of time, you know, throughout the world, it's varied on the ability to play shows and, you know, depending on where you're at, it's... It's kind of fluctuated where people have scheduled them maybe over the last six months or maybe even a little longer. But, you know, depending on where you're at, they'll get canceled and so forth for various circumstances. So have you been able to play any recently being as busy as you were getting all of this together? And if not, or even if so, uh, now that that's going to be coming, I'm sure you're going to want to be playing these songs in front of people if you haven't already. So what have you done recently and what are your plans for 
playing live shows. Yeah, yeah. We've had a couple of sort of local London and sort of round London and the sort of Southeast shows since um, sort of lockdowns have uh, ended. Uh, things are looking up in the UK at the moment. So we've got like a tour in April planned. We'll be going around the UK, dipping into Scotland as well and eight dates. And we end at Manchester Punk Festival. And I don't know if you're aware, it is just a fantastic weekend of punk music. Great underground bands bands that you love, um, bands from overseas as well. I really can't wait. I think it's going to be very emotional playing that show. That's going back, isn't it, for a couple of years? So it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, so I think like we're keeping things pretty much uh, within the UK this year. Um, you know, before lockdown or before everything sort of kicked off, we did have like some shows in Spain and we're looking sort of further afield. Um, we will try and look at those perhaps towards the end of the year. But yeah, we've, there's plenty of spots in the UK that we haven't played yet that we're really looking forward to visit. Um, we've also got like a couple of uh, record store dates as well. So we'll be playing in store and um, yeah, a lot more dates to sort of be announced as we go along this next couple of weeks and months. I, I'm sure you're looking forward to playing. I mean, at, at the beginning of the interview, we we're talking about how fun it is, you know, having the extra guitars. So especially playing in a record store, record stores traditionally a little bit smaller. So having six people, having three guitars and a bass plus a drum set, plus somebody singing, you know, most, most people that sing are moving, right? And so is there, has there been difficulties having six of you on the stage have you found some smaller venues or record stores or something where it might seem a little difficult or cramped is that a i wouldn't even want to call it a drawback but maybe an inconvenience of playing live shows having the number of people that you have on the stage i mean having the equipment too there's a difference if you had two or three vocalists because they you know they're not carrying around and needing people not to bump into them as opposed to, you know, you're playing guitar, playing bass, you need people to not bump into you. You need a little bit of space. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely been, uh, been been interesting. It's kind of playing some of the tiny little like pop venues, but I think it was like probably the first gig as a six. I think immediately after we all as a group went, we've got to go wireless for number one. That was uh, that was just the first thing because it was just a mess. It was just <laughs> a tangle. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of movement going on there, but we're sort of kind of, look at it now and think the stage is almost is almost optional we've had gigs where if there even there is a stage two or three people will be down on the floor uh tansy's wireless now so she roams around like a yeah, yeah <laughs> like a I bet. there's a lot of movement a lot of swapping around because again it's this whole thing if if there's a lot of us let's at least make it a good thing for people to see so like we want people to enjoy watching us as well so there's um there's a lot of movement we do take up a lot of space and yeah we if, if we can't fit on the stage we won't fit on the stage we'll we'll get down and we'll get a uh, we'll get in amongst it the scene is amazing um and i think it's just going to come back and flourish just sort of seeing uh like how the uk has been performing over the past couple of years and um like sort of how that fits in with europe uh festivals like sort of punk rock holiday Grosjean. rock um are fantastic and you know you go to these festivals or even manchester punk festival and you see everybody from europe and even like north america australia israel wherever people have come from like it's amazing like i've i grew up in the middle east so like i'm seeing people from the middle east uh, like these these punk festivals and yeah it's 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 absolutely rad yeah i just wish it was a bit easier to kind of come over to north america really and so we like we could have that action right. happening along the lines of what you have in the future we talked about 
you know, some shows, and you're going to be announcing some more uh, coming in the next few weeks. Your next release is, is coming here on the 8th. And, you know, I hate to get too far ahead of the game, but as far as the future of the band goes, and obviously with the quantity of music that you guys have been able to put together, release so far, and release, and what you're doing with your releases, what what is it, what what's your future plans as as far as the band goes you know maybe over the next year or two besides playing music getting out and do that again i think that's everybody's goal what are, what are your goals as a band did you you know with those releases all that artwork that all kind of goes together is that like boom we cut that off right here at death or glory and we're moving to, in a different direction or what's the future i think in the short term it's definitely kind of hopefully Enjoy what we've done and get 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 right? some uh, get some good feedback on that because for us it feels like it's been a couple of years of work but yeah it's just about to sort of come out so yeah hopefully we won't get too tired of that too quickly which I'm sure we won't and then yeah I think it's then I think getting into being a band again and getting into some writing I think for the next and see see what the next one sounds like really what the next songs new batch of songs are going to sound like so I think that's that's, that's for me anyway that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, those ideas are bubbling already, man. There's mm. there's six of us. There's no <laughs> there's no vacuum of ideas. Like every rehearsal or every meetup, like we always walk away with something. So yeah, no cool. no danger of us going quiet. <laughs> yeah, based on what you've done, and that's why I ask because really, it's not about hey, you ju- you're about to release something. So what are you going to do next? It's just about you know everybody's had some time over the last little bit with 21 tracks plus you know your recent releases some of those are you know added tracks from there onto this but with those releases I mean I, I wouldn't expect you to try to release more music say in 2022 just curious on again having three guitarists in the band I'm sure you guys as you just stated are coming up with ideas every time you get together you know, and when you're not together, depending on how often you do get to get together, there's probably ideas going on. And you have such a catalog of music already that I'm sure you're not going to be <laughs> bored playing your music. Are there songs that you just, you, you've played enough and you're like, ah, eh, you know, even though the crowd seems to like those ones, they were tracks that maybe had more favor early on or whatever. Are there anything like that where you're like, all right, let's push those to the back. We don't really like playing those live because we have all this other new stuff that we're doing. Because I would imagine when you're constantly, you know, creating as much as you are, you're really into what you're doing, maybe not as much as what you've done. That's a really good question. I mean, it was it was quite an interesting period, I think, while uh, sort of this live lineup, I think, came together because, as, as Leslie said, the the beginning of the band was a group of people just building a bunch of songs together and and and, and then albums came together and Pat pretty much built that first version of the band to play them. So it kind of came a bit backwards where the songs came before the band. And then when sort of Tansy, Dan, myself were, were in it and we were playing these songs, there was a real sort of feeling that we was really itching to get into some new ones, which were we had a bit of a, a, a part in playing um so that was that sort of drove a lot of us really getting to keen into actually writing songs as, as, as a band but there are two or three songs that are still we're still keeping the live set from that first we are everywhere record because they're, they're great and they're, they're they're a lot of fun yeah, but yeah there's another six or seven that don't and i, I don't really know what the uh what the what the desired fact is to not play them i don't think it's a never say never but i think they kind of find themselves don't they those songs that that stick around does it ever get boring playing the same song for an extended period? And maybe you have a few more years to go before you feel that way. 
<laughs> I do feel feel for some of those guys. I mean, I don't know if, if if it's a point where when you do get into being a bigger band and there is the songs that like um that people expect you to hear. I mean, if you go and see ACDC and they don't play Back in Black, there'll probably be a riot. And they're like, oh, right. not again. Yeah. It's like, we're going to play a one off the new album where everyone's just like, oh. Right? <laughs> that, that is they're, they're funny enough. That's... Their news. Man, it's like that problem of success. Great problem to have. I don't think we've really had anybody shout at us to play, uh, <laughs> you know, something off the first album. You know, good, good problem to have, I guess. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I guess we've really benefited from the fact that, like, even with the first album, when we got together live, we were also figuring out how to play it. So, you know, it's not something that sort of evolved naturally and, you know, kind of feels like we've been there, done that, like we've adapted it. So, like, even with the old songs, I think we just try and play them faster or, like, the way that we play them now is definitely not how they sounded originally, yeah. Oh, well, along those lines, I just I heard like a, a remaster or re-release of something. It doesn't matter, but it was a song from like 20 years ago, and they just re-released it, and they put like remastered or re-released or something like that, and I heard it, and it was a little bit different. The vocals sounded a little bit different, and I even compared to that, like, oh, yeah, they it's definitely different, and I would assume that this is probably how they're playing the song now 20 years later compared to how mm. they originally wrote it. So is that something, probably not even trying to cross those bridges at this point, but is that something maybe from the that first release that now that you do play some of those songs a little bit differently, is that something that you would consider? I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here. You know, as I ask that question, it's like, you guys are creating enough new music. Why would you stop and go back to <laughs> music from the first album and try to re-record it in the way that you play it now? But is that something that you would consider doing? It's like, hey, we do like these songs. We do play, as you said, two or three of the songs from then in our live sets would you if you're playing them a little bit differently now is that something you would consider doing in the future that's really good good point but i don't know if we at the minute i don't think we'd intentionally do that at the minute because of where we are of what we've done right um but i mean we did like as i said before we did the to keep us going we did like in the, the, the acoustic versions which was really stripping those old songs apart and putting them together which was which was a a cool exercise but the ones that we play live i think if we because now and again like Blay says leslie said about relearning songs because you haven't played them for years when you go back and relearn it and then you go actually we played it's nothing like like <laughs> <laughs> like play was originally done and i think that's pretty much the case of a cut the, at least the two that are in the in the live set one of them's quite a lot different but not intentionally just how it's kind of happened with I think we're being like the, the third set of musicians playing that song. It's just it's just kind of turned into um, in, into something else. I saw a great thing. Um, it was I saw a, 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 a little documentary. It was about Corn and um, when um, the what's the name head the guitar player rejoined it, and I just stumbled across this little documentary on YouTube. And um, he was going back because he'd missed a few albums, and they was like learn going through the songs. And at the time, they they built like a little ten minute medley of like the first album. And he was relearning it. And he was like, why have you done this? These songs were great. And I was like, actually, they were great. And they were trying to pull them apart. And it's this really interesting conversation about them arguing at how their old songs went. It's like, we've got to go and listen to it. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that is an interesting thing. And I've come across that a little bit recently. So I was curious. And again, I know if we get together and do this, say, in five years, you know, some of these questions might seem a little more relevant at that time. You know, not to say that you would slow down 
in what you're doing as far as creating music and releasing music and so forth. But some of those things probably are more reasonable question after you've played 10, 15 and, you know, so on, you know, more years under your belt as a band playing the same songs seems more like something you might ponder at that point as opposed to right now. And hopefully we won't be slowing down in terms of uh, output, but we might be slowing down in terms of the, the music. This a physical toll at the minute. You feel it the next day. So. <laughs> I bet. I don't know, man. The trend seems to be more fast, faster. <laughs> play that quicker. Yeah, and I'm sure that kind of wears you down. The eight days probably going to be, especially if you're playing every single day, finishing up at a festival where you'll probably be enjoying and you know some of the music that's going to be played as well. I know just going to those personally, like punk rock bowling is not far from here, and that's. The, the best thing that I would say is comparable to, you know, some of those multi-day festivals that you would get in Europe, at least as far as what I would get to attend. And, man, I'm exhausted after just going and watching some of those shows. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely on our minds. <laughs> <laughs> I need a nap. Some of those is you sleep and you're like, all right, I guess I'm going to miss some of these bands because I don't think I'm going to be able to get up. <laughs> I don't know about you, Rob, but like, are you training or doing anything special to kind of get yourself prepared? Because like, I've definitely got a training plan. I think um, more so definitely the idea of warming up and warming down and stretching is going to be a big part of my life for that week. I think it's uh, definitely. That'll be coming up. You have some stuff. You're going to be announcing more. Uh, Death or Glory again is coming out in about three weeks. Are there any particular tracks on there that you want to mention anything specific about? I mean, you know, if you pull out a couple intros, you still are in that 15 or so range, right, of tracks. So, I mean, that's a lot. But are there any specific tracks that stand out that you want to mention something about? Or, you know, when somebody is going to be listening to the whole release once it's released, like, hey, pay attention on this one, that one, whatever. I mean, they're all going to be great. Otherwise, you wouldn't include them but is, is there something specific because it would probably take us hours to go through the entire album i'm sure so is there any that we, we should just maybe go to those first or i think the, the two i think which would which be quite interesting which again is a new thing for us i'll probably say would be crosses and uh, blood mother because we there's a, we've done some collaborations on that with a, a couple of us from your side of the, of the pond which probably would never have happened if it weren't for lockdown so that's uh, that was cool that crosses is really cool god david rodriguez he is he is. Uh, he must have some time on his hands because he's been in a handful of tracks. Everyone that I've heard that he he's been uh, featured on for a variety of bands over the last year or so uh, have all been great, including Crosses. But, but I've seen him on a lot. He's probably been featured on more tracks than anybody that else comes to mind. <laughs> and they've, they've, I mean, now's the top. We got them at the right time because looking at their schedule, man, they're relentless at the minute, aren't they? Now it's like we're going, we're gone, right? <laughs> they're, they're on the road. That's it. Right, I think they're going to be over in Europe here in like a week or two playing with Lion's Law. They are. They're over in, you know, over in mainland Europe, unfortunately. No um, UK dates unless they're going to try and uh, sneak some in towards the end, but yeah, keeping an eye on that. Oh, hopefully they do. And, you know, Starving Wolves, like I, I think a Casualties, when was the last time I saw Casualties? might have been before the pandemic, but I just saw Starving Wolves back in September at Punk Rock Bowling, and he's been playing shows with them 
doing stuff with casualties, new release from Starving Wolves not that long ago. I think the casualties are working on stuff. And then again, he's been featured on so many tracks over the last <laughs> maybe year. God. It's got a third band as well, the Crumbums. Oh, that's right. Yes, exactly. And God, he is Man, a he loves busy it. guy. He loves it. Right? <laughs> but he's got a great voice that you, when he you hear him, that's David Rodriguez. <laughs> you know, you know. So when they're featured on a track like Crosses or any of the other ones that he's been on, you know that it's him that's being featured on there if you didn't know ahead of time. Yeah, absolutely great. And like, we, we know what he sounds like, but to receive those takes and sort of listening to them in the studio and he just like, it makes the song hit different. I did, when it's your song, you don't quite know what to expect. So like when David sent in the track and Lisa sent hers, it's like, uh, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. You're like, wow, this is when, just um, totally taking it somewhere to, somewhere else. Yeah. When Lisa from the, the Bell Race, she's, she's on, she does a verse and some work on, um, on, on Blood Mother. And that was the one, one of the times we were actually all together, weren't we, doing, doing backing vocals for the album. And they, they arrived and that was like, whoa, she's... Mm-hmm. Nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. When you do a track like that with somebody who features somebody, obviously David Rodriguez and Lisa, I'm not sure, Kikaula? I'm not sure if I'm saying her name right, last name, but when David and Lisa are obviously not going to tour with you and probably play too many live shows unless you guys are playing festivals or something like that or if you happen to do a tour together are those songs that are like yeah we really like it so we're gonna play it and then do you just pick someone else in the band is that uh you know what you would do or when it features somebody else or those songs that you're like ah you know we're not gonna play those songs because they're not there oh we're playing them we're definitely okay. playing them yeah. <laughs> they're good songs so i, I figured you would <laughs> no i think that's another one uh, where again we're lucky there's a we've got a lot of options to fill in so Patch uh, fills in for uh, David on, on crosses, but yeah, Tansy has to pull a double shift on Blood Mother, unfortunately, and she does it. <laughs> At least you have that ability. You have the the voices that will, will kind of carry, like uh, Booze and Glory had uh, a track, I think it was Blood from a Stone, where I, I can't remember her name, but... Uh, they had a female vocalist come feature on and, and a portion of the song. And I actually saw them after they put that song out here in the U.S. And I think Liam, because Liam was still in the band at the time, he did those vocals. And the songs sound totally different when you go from having a female feature on that track and then you have one of the guys in the band doing it. Totally different. It definitely changes <laughs> up the, the track, even though the rest of the track probably sounds the same. No, so we, we, we're lucky there. There's options. Yes. Well, that's cool. So you have the two with features. Is there anything else that we haven't covered specific about Midwitch Cuckoos that we should know that, you know, we've talked about uh, some previous release, history of the band, uh, your release that'll be coming up, a bit of brief future of the band, some live shows and such. Is there anything about the band that we haven't covered that we should know about the band? Well, I think like... uh expect more from from us um for those people who are in the uk and feeling very thirsty we're also got a beer um so we're working with a local company uh local brewing company in london called the london beer labs and we've uh brewed cuckoo's pills so it's a sort of german styled beer uh, it's very refreshing very nice uh, we've got limited amount of bottles um so we'll be taking some on tour with us um so like people can pre-order it now sadly we can't sort of send them beyond the UK, but who knows if we can, if this goes down well, um, we might be able to do something further afield or do a round two. So I guess it just depends on 
I was going to say appetite, but I guess how everybody's thirst is, really. <laughs> well, we're um, quite well for some. Someone's finally kicking in, so it's uh... <laughs> right. I, I'm sure that is a fun process to go through to pick out your your own beer. Uh, yeah, there's definitely worse things that we could be doing, but right? uh, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I mean, who knows what comes comes up next? Uh, I think there's just so many ideas flying around. Um, we've definitely got like a sort of a few more visual surprises up our sleeves. Um, so like people might have noticed that there's not a video yet for Hourglass, our latest single, but we would definitely unveil one this week. Um, and yeah, there'll be some sort of more surprises after the album release. Well, that's fantastic. Definitely looking forward to seeing that. But no, man, it's you. You love the video. I think this is like one that ties everything together. Like what we've been doing, sort of visually of uh, the album artwork, digitally online, um, and concept of death and glory. Mm. You know, this is like the first time you'll actually see it because uh, we've had like puppets and animation and sort of totally everything else. And yeah, this is this one's going to be really cool and sort of just tie everything about the album. This is what it should look like. Awesome. It was a music video. To tie that part in, like, where can we, where, where should people follow you? So when that comes out, if we're following you, probably social medias or so forth, but where is the best place for people to follow Midwitch Cuckoos? That way, when the video is released, you know, you can watch it when it comes out, you know, when it came out, uh, when you announce some of these upcoming shows that you've talked about and so forth, where's the best place for us to stay in contact with what you're up to? Yeah, our main website is probably the best place to land. Uh, so if you go to midwitchcuckoos.com and then choose your social media platform of choice <laughs> or just sign up even newsletter if you uh, like sort of trying to avoid looking at your phone. You know, that's where we try and keep everybody um, sort of up to date. Like, okay, yes, we're on TikTok, but... I think we're just maybe a bit too old to sort of figure out how that works. <laughs> yeah, I don't I'm trying. But uh, yeah, like if you're on Twitter, wherever, YouTube, uh, subscribe, and you'll get like everything first when it happens. I think we've covered it all then. I really appreciate the, the both of you joining. Leslie, Rob, thank you for joining. Tell the rest of the band we missed them. And hopefully, you know, at least for me personally, like I said, I, I definitely plan to get out there and... It's going to be one of those where there's hundreds and hundreds of bands in the UK that I want to see. And uh, we've had so many bands from the UK on the show. So I definitely want to get out, see and meet people in person. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Hopefully everybody's still playing and they're all playing around the same time when I go, you know, selfishly speaking, next year. But I'm looking forward to hopefully getting to meet you in person. And I really appreciate both of you taking the time with me now to talk about your band and talk about the music that we enjoy uh, playing on the show. That's no, great, man. Thanks for having us. It's great. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Justin. Seriously. Thank you. I really appreciate it. We're going to get on to some more music. Show! 
Midwich Cuckoos. That was Crosses. What a cool track. Again, yeah. like I said, it featured uh, David Rodriguez. I think the back and forth vocals there between uh, David and Tansy were awesome. That's so good. Right? <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, guest vocals, uh, rolling back to, I know, if you remember, Recipe for Hate, uh, this, the song struck a nerve. I forgot to mention that Jonette Napolitano of Concrete Blonde was actually doing guest vocals. You can hear her towards the end when she's doing that. It struck a nerve. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's all I had to say. That's okay. <laughs> well, Midwich Cuckoos, I want to thank Leslie and Rob again for joining. It was a great interview. Awesome tracks. Definitely looking forward to Death or Death or Glory. That LP is going to be awesome. The, it looks great. The vinyl does. And uh, like a 40-page art book with all the cool art with the various uh, artworks for the singles, EPs. I love how the two EPs go together with the LP. Check it all out. You can go see it on their Onslaught Music Bandcamp page. And you can also order... The vinyl from there, the vinyl should be coming out, shipping, as they said, somewhere close to hopefully on that April 8th release date. Thank you again, Midwich Cuckoos. Eric, let's wrap up the show. We're getting to the tail end of it. What do you have? Well, I have a bit of a uh, a bit of a prelude to some one of the shows coming up for us. Uh, this show is not going to be until May, May seventeenth specifically. We will be sharing the stage once again with our buddies in Sacrilegion, but also with the mighty, as I say here, satanic blackened death metal band. Goat whore. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Goat whore. I've been listening to them since I was like 15, 16 years old. They were just like one of those bands that I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is this? <laughs> this is like, yeah, it's death metal, but it's still got those uh, atonal uh, diminished F chords that you hear in black metal. And they're singing about Satan. So... Black and death metal, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of what they were. And they were one of the best, definitely top tier. I don't think they would be the reigning kings and champions of black and death metal. I think Behemoth holds that crown. Uh, and Satanic, no less. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Goat Whore, they are still... They are still very pristine, representing the South, coming all the way from Louisiana. And, yep, I I have nothing but great things to say about Goat Whore, but they will be playing here in Salt Lake in May on the 17th. We will be opening up for them. It's, uh, I made a post about it, and I said, if you would have told me that when I was 16 that my band would be doing this, I would have told you to pull the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, they got a lot of great music, uh, but probably my favorite album is the one that came out in 2014, Constricting Rage of the Merciless. It's got so many heavy hitters on there, but probably the most famous of which that we're going to be playing right now. It's titled FBS, but us Goat Horror fans, we know it as Fucked by Satan. Come 
bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of what to expect from Goat Whore. And uh, yeah, this isn't their only song. This isn't their only album. They got a few other albums, and they're all great. That's awesome. They all, I know how it's going to sound. They all sound the same. I mean that as a term of endearment, meaning that they haven't strayed too far from their path. But this one just seems to exemplify a lot of great changes in their music. So get down there. They've been they've been known to lately to uh, be playing with uh, build uh, to be playing on bills that are with bands that don't even sound like them. Last time I saw them, they were here with uh, Black Tusk. That's some sludge metal from Georgia and the Casualties. The Casualties played for this band that you just heard. Pretty fucking rad, right? That Great is. show. Great show. Different energy, but same uh, same output, I guess. Anyway, that was Goat Whore. Come to the show. I will be plugging it in the next few weeks. Awesome. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show with my track, more new metal. The band Darwin's Waiting Room loved this band when it came out. Uh, the album Orphan. I think it's their second album. Uh, they did form in 1995, but they solidified their lineup. They had a few lineup changes. They solidified it in 2000. Orphan came out July 24th of 2001. They are a band that was from Miami, Florida, but the band ended as a band in 2004. So even though it's 95 to 2004, kind of short-lived that 2000 to 2004. But they left behind a fantastic album. Orphan has several great tracks. I love that album. It's just one of my favorite new metal albums. I like Darwin's Waiting Room a lot. If you haven't checked them out before, you should definitely go check out the album Orphan. And I'm going to give you a reason why with this track, Live for the Moment, New Metal, because they have that vocalist and they have the MC style vocals, the dueling vocals, one of the things I like a lot about a lot of New Metal. So here we go, Live for the Moment. Get it right, you wanna get it right Fuck that fight back, yeah, for the moment 
How's that for a rallying cry? Oh, man. They knew how to cement those choruses. Right? <laughs> Fuck that fight back. Live for the moment. Ooh. <laughs> yep, I can think of... Uh, I can think of at least a dime a dozen of hardcore bands that ripped off that style. Right? <laughs> you know? That's what I, that's what I like to say is like hardcore these days, you can tell which ones ripped off Slayer and you can tell which ones ripped off Pantera. <laughs> While also you can tell which ones ripped off Limp Biscuit. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't think I'll be playing any Limp Biscuit. Uh New Metal, that was Darwin's Waiting Room. Live for the moment. Go check out Orphan. I love that album. Love that track. Great band. We are wrapping up the show. I want to thank Midwich Cuckoos again. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Rob, for joining us on the show. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and slcpunkcast.com. You can find the bands on Instagram at Violent Unrest, at Les underscore the band, at Anti underscore Stasi underscore EMHC, at Beton Banda, B E T O N B A N D A. I didn't see a Facebook page for him. At Spike Polite underscore Sewage NYC, at Bad Religion Band, at The Midwich Cuckoos, at Goat Horror, Goat Horror <laughs> Nola, and shows at SOC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? You can find me on my personal Instagrams at Scary Uncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. You can find my bands on Instagram at Anonymous underscore Band Official and at Heart of Dark 801 SLC. And you can find us on Facebook at Anonymous SLC and at HeartOfDark.SLC. And on Bandcamp, Anonymous, the only one who has one as of now, AnonymousSLC.Bandcamp.com. You can also listen to my other podcast, Lead Melodies. And you can find that on Instagram at LeadMelodies underscore podcast. And on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc. And you can find that among with many other podcasts on circlepitradio.com. And if you are scrolling through Facebook and you want to know more about what's happening in uh, show-wise in Salt Lake City, follow the page at SLC Hardcore. While you're on Facebook, you can find the bands at fa- or on Facebook at Violent Unrest, at Less Noise Punk, at Antistasi HC, at Spike NYC Punk Rock, or Spike Polite and Sewage, at Bad Religion, at Midwich Cuckoo's Music, at The Goat 666, and the shows at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining all the way up to this point. Eric, any final thoughts for the show? I do have final thoughts, and it's in regards to... Really what I wanted to say last week, but I did not have time. You got a few moments now. Go for it. All right. So last week, it was the it was the anniversary, the two-year anniversary of the day I was almost stripped off of this planet. That was when I had my TBI, my traumatic brain injury from slamming my head into the concrete via a skateboard accident. I made a post about it on Facebook, and I do want to read it to you guys who have not Heard it. I know that there are some people on here who are not my friends on Facebook who have not read it. So this is for you guys. On the, on that day, March 14th, 2020, it was the two-year anniversary of when I was nearly stripped off of this planet. A TBI resulted from slamming my head on the pavement while skateboarding, and I was not wearing a helmet. It was a double hemorrhage, which, had it not been treated, could have resulted in irreversible brain damage or even death. I went under the knife, the surgeon stopped the swelling, removed a blood clot, and successfully kept any more damage from being done. Now, the question of whether or not I'd be able to continue on with my life where I left off still remained to be seen. 
Recovery was inclusive of relearning how to walk, knowing the difference between right and left, brushing my teeth, being conscious of my surroundings, and most importantly, recognizing the names and faces of people I know. I do not remember my initial realization of me being in the hospital or why I was there or the fact that part of my skull had been removed from my head and why my head had swelled to Jimmy Neutron size. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I went through two months of recovery with physical, emotional, and mental therapy. I went through, I was under constant surveillance for if and in the event that something else happened. And I had to keep a helmet on my head all throughout. (laughs) I believe we call that cruel irony. (laughs) I went under the blade again to get my skull reattached and thus began further recovery and on to reconstruction. In less than a year, I landed a new job, I moved into a new place, reconnected with everyone, and I recorded my band's first demo, and all while the fucking CV plague loomed overhead. (laughs) Oh, God. The last photo that I posted on this one is where I am now, and had it not been for the multiple people who came to my aid, constantly checked up on me, started a GoFundMe, and everyone who donated to it, I would not be picking up from where I left off. I went down, but motherfucker, I came back with a vengeance. (laughs) That whole year was about recovery. Now, moving onward, it's about redemption and reconstruction. So, so the people I got to thank is my mom, my dad, and my sister, giving me shelter and constant financial support in these dire times. I got to thank our co-host here, our actual host, Dustin, for having put together that benefit compilation in the name of the SLC podcast. So many bands given they given some tracks, some unreleased tracks, just to just to help spread the cause. It was awesome, and also my best friend and his sister for starting the GoFundMe and actually calling the ambulance. Right, <laughs> and and of course my uh, my now ex girlfriend for literally never leaving my side and always making sure my mental health and emotional health stayed in check. She was basically my she was basically my nurse ratchet. <laughs> or <laughs> nurse Annie Wilkes, but not without the psychopathic tendencies. So yeah, and in all I can't imagine the severe mental and emotional stress that have been going through you guys with the and with the overlooming doubt that if I'd be coming back and if I'd be functional. So so yeah, thank you. Everyone who aided me on that whole process and continue to do so today. Uh, With that, I will leave it at this. In times of dire straits, the true colors of people in your life truly show. And I'm thankful that nearly everyone in my life stuck by me and made sure I came back as a functional human being. I love you all. Mic drop. (laughs) Play the fucking outro. (laughs) 